When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As I was saying a moment ago, Bowl Mania rolls on today on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. First at 2 Eastern, Virginia Tech takes on Tulane in the Military Bowl, presented by GoBowling.com. Then it's North Carolina and West Virginia in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And in the nightcap, Texas A&M squares off against number 20 Oklahoma State in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. I'm just so excited about the bowls. I, I jumped the gun. It's uh, all right. It's understandable. Welcome back to Get Up, coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Gray Goose. We are looking ahead to Week 17 in the NFL with Goose. Week 17 Goose. Watch. Dominique Foxworth, tell me what you are watching for in the Ravens-Dolphins matchup. Yeah, I want to see if the Dolphins are able to hold up against that Ravens pass rush. The pressures that they send, the simulated pressures, and the four-man rush, the way that they took over the game late against the 49ers should be scary for for the Dolphins. And also, what's the answer to Lamar Jackson? It seems like he's a hard problem to solve, and we'll see if this Dolphins defense, even though they've gotten better, I don't know if they're good enough for Lamar Jackson just yet. Big game there could decide the one seed in the AFC. Kimberly Martin, I'm going to Kansas City for Bengals Chiefs. What should I be watching for there? Well, here's what you should be watching for, Daniel. Which quarterback is actually going to have a get-right game? Listen, we know Jake Browning and the Bengals, they were this close to being potential Sherlock's for the the playoffs. And now we're wondering, can they make it? But the Chiefs, more importantly, if they lose on Sunday, that would mean five losses in their last seven games. That's not good. It's not where you want to be that this time of year. That is not where you want to be. I don't know who was singing. Was that Swagoo uh, who was singing going to Kansas City or was that uh, Dominique? <laughs> Swagoo, we want to hear from you. Yeah, and if you can sing it if you want. What are you watching for in Lions-Cowboys Saturday night? I'm going to channel my inner Dominique Foxworth. <laughs> run the football. There okay. it is. Run that see thing. if they can run it. Hit it for me, Foxy. Hit it for me. I'm, I'm trying to... I want to has this element. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I want to know if they have this element to their offense because I think if they have to become a straight drop back team with no confidence in their run game, this is a recipe for disaster for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. When we've seen them be explosive, we've seen them have both of those elements available to them. So this will be a good test against the Detroit Lions, whose defense is playing a lot better, by the way. Yeah. Look, if they're looking for tips on how to run the ball effectively, they can just watch what the Lions do. They're very good at it. They're good at a lot of things, yeah. uh, which is what Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys head coach, was saying yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the Lions. I think this will be our biggest challenge of the year. Uh, it's my personal opinion. Uh, you know, some people may di- differ, you know, as far as Philadelphia or the, the past games, but um, just based off what we've seen on video. Dwight is that your personal opinion as well? He can't even say San Francisco. The Cow- <laughs> that the Cowboys, he didn't mention San Francisco. <laughs> he don't want to remember that one. No? Mm-mm. You don't think this is their biggest challenge, Dwight <laughs> No, nah, they, play, they played the 49ers. That yeah. was their biggest challenge. I think the score was 42-10. 
I think that was the score in that game. Um, here's the thing, though. Detroit has – two weeks ago, we saw them put 63 points up on the board. We've seen them be very, very, very explosive from an offensive standpoint. But we've seen Detroit have their blips, too. They got blasted by the Baltimore Ravens, the team that blasted the 49ers. We've seen them lose some unconventional games. So I disagree with Mike on that one, who, who is my guy. I love Mike McCarthy, but he's wrong on this. The other thing is this, though. This is where he may be, have, have a really good point. We had a, we at the point in the season now where there are no identity issues. We know who these teams are. So people now are starting to beat people pretty much straight up outside of some catastrophic things happen. Like if the San Francisco 49ers play Baltimore again, do I think they're going to turn the ball over four or five times? No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll have to play a straight up game and see who's the better team. But between Dallas and Detroit, there are conflicting elements and styles in which they play. And that may be what he's alluding to. This is a physical football team in Detroit. They want to bludgeon you yeah. in the run game. And Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery may be one of the top five tandems in the NFL when it comes to running the football. So it, it'll be a task in that regard. But the 49ers were their toughest task this year. Dominique, I feel like I've heard a lot this year. Like people, when they, when they point out what's wrong with the Cowboys, some people like to say they're not physical enough, they're not consistently tough enough. Uh, up front. Is this, is this a good test of that against the Lions this weekend? Yeah, no one runs the ball nearly as well as the Detroit Lions do. Uh, the, the Bills, who ran the ball all over the Cowboys, don't consistently run the ball as well as the Lions do. So there's no secrets. As Swagoo said, at this point of the season, we kind of know who your identity is. And we know that the Lions are going to want to hit you off play action. But first, they're going to want to run the ball. And the Cowboys, that's their big question on the defensive side of the ball. Can they stop the run? They're moving Micah Parsons all over the place to see if they can figure out a way to use his athleticism and to not let the scheme scheme him out of the play. So we'll find out because they're not going to make a secret. They're going to come in and they're going to try to run through the Cowboys. We know that's going to be the crux of their game plan. And what are the Cowboys going to do about it is the real question. And can they do anything about it? Do the Cowboys, are they going to be able to prove anything to us with the, in this game on, on Saturday night? Their ability to bounce back, right? But in all honesty, sure. I, I don't think beating the Lions right now tells us anything we don't know about the Cowboys. I, I, Cowboys playing at home where they, they seem to always win at home. Like if they beat the Lions, that to me won't tell me anything. My biggest question remains, can they go on the road and beat really good teams? Something that they're going to have to do when the postseason starts. So playing at home, I would pick the Cowboys straight up in this one. Um, if they lose, like that to me would tell me a lot more about the Cowboys than, than them winning. If they lose at home for the first yeah. time all year, that would yeah. worry you about them? Yeah, because that's the place where they dominate. That's right. the place where they, they are most secure at home. You can't have, you know, you can't lose to a team that you potentially could see in the playoffs or a, a potential Super Bowl contender. You got you to gotta be able to beat those teams. But I, I think the, the Cowboys have a good enough roster where they should be able to. Yeah, and you mentioned they're coming off a loss. Detroit can, coming I off can. a win that clinched the division. What do you got, Swagoo? I can understand what Kate Moore is saying about the home thing, but from a from like the football context, this is a terrible matchup for Dallas mm -hmm. when it comes to their defense. This is a this is probably this is bad now based on what they ha have had the inability to do in defending the run and having to play Detroit. And if that, like Foxy brought up, if that play action comes alive because they are running with success, this team can blow the doors off of you. Like, so to me, she has, K. 
Kmart makes the perfect point about what we've seen from Dallas being at home, and you do have a lot more confidence in, in them, obviously. But when you get I, to the, the 22 guys on the field, these conflicting styles have shown to be a major problem for the Dallas Cowboys defense. I think that's what we want to see if they can handle the run game from the Detroit Lions because that is why they've lost on the road. Like, we can get to location, and we can start talking about where they've been when the games have happened and when they have lost. They even got bludgeoned on the road in the run game. That's what has happened in those losses. Arizona ran it well, and all of our eyes went up, and then we we just saw San Francisco ran it well, Sam and now man. we just saw a game in which Buffalo on the road took care of business and ran to the tune of 200-plus yards on them. So that's their issue. It ain't the damn location. They ain't stopped the run nowhere. <laughs> I, I understand. I, I understand. But you made a point earlier, Marcus, which was something that, that I've noticed about the Detroit Lions. I was there for their, their game against the Ravens where they got blown out. Coming into that game, I talked to coaches. I talked to players. talked to execs. They were confident. They were confident about where they were. And then they got the doors blown off them. I was also in Atlanta when mm-hmm. they played the Falcons. And that was a game where they allowed the, the excuse me, the Saints. I was when they played the Saints and I was in New Orleans and they allowed the Saints to stick around and almost win. Mm. And talking to to Montgomery yeah. after that game, he was ticked off because he was like, yeah, we won. But how we won, I think this is a very good Lions team. But I, I don't think that this is simply a game where the Cowboys are the only ones with something to prove. The Lions, yes, have won their division for the first time in 30 years. But, oh, again, they that. aren't inconsistent. And this is a team that has all the pieces. Their wide receiving core, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the running backs, phenomenal. But, again, it's the consistency. Yeah, and I had their game this weekend uh, in Minnesota. And they, the Lions players were talking about even looking ahead to the Dallas game as an opportunity to show themselves that they match up with the kinds of teams they're going to see yeah. in January. I want to stay with this game, and pl- uh, this Dallas Lions game, and play a game of who you got. Neek, who has more touchdown passes in this game? Jared Goff or Dak Prescott? I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I got to go with Dak Prescott, the way he's been playing this season. And he also has the good fortune of going up against that Lions slightly better defense. But if you're not going to get any pressure on Dak Prescott, he is going to eat. So they don't have a great pass rush, and I see Dak having a pretty good performance. Kimberly Martin, who has more receiving yards in this game? Amon Ross, St. Brown, or C.D. Lamb? I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb because I, I trust in C.D. Lamb. That when we watch Tony Pollard near the goal line and not be able to score, that's troubling. The, the questions about Dak Prescott and whether he's going to use his legs more, I think C.D.'s going to get a lot more opportunities to make plays, whereas Amon Ross, St. Brown, I think the Lions, as we talked about, they're stacked. They got a great running game. I think they're going to lean on that a little bit more. Yeah, and Dak does like to lean uh, on CD, certainly this year. Uh, Swagoo, who has more sacks in this game, Aiden Hutchinson or Micah Parsons? Yeah, this is an absolute dumb answer about me because I just talked about how well Detroit runs the football. (laughs) So I think the opportunities will be a lot less for Micah Parsons. But he doesn't need a lot of opportunities Mm. based on how he's as as good as anybody in the league at getting after the quarterback. Mm. We've seen him move around, work the inside, outside of the line of scrimmage. I think Michael Parsons will have more sacks than Aiden Hutchinson in this game. And that scares me a little bit with uh, Aiden lining up over there on Terrence Steele. We'll see a big game on uh, Saturday night in Dallas, potential playoff preview, two teams that we know we'll be watching in January as well. 
Coming up on Get Up, interceptions, dropped passes, whole lot of bad blood on the sideline. <laughs> Can Patrick and Travis shake it off and save the Chiefs season? That stuff's never getting old. Plus, Brock Bottom. Was Purdy's four-pick performance on Monday night a bad game for San Francisco or a bad sign? We're going to get into that next on Get Up. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Back on Get Up, time for a game of either or. Dominique, are you taking the Dolphins or the Bills to win the AFC East? Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins. I thought their uh, performance against the Cowboys was a pretty impressive game. The way their defense is playing uh, has been really impressive. And I think the, the Bills, they're going to do the things that the Bills do offensively, which is really great. And then sometimes they turn the ball over. And that defense... It's been playing better despite the injuries. I can't imagine it's going to continue to hold up. I do think we're probably going to end up with uh, a game for the division, the last game of the year between the Bills and Dolphins, which will be fun. That would be exciting. Kimberly, are you taking Lamar Jackson or Christian McCaffrey for MVP after Week 16? Y'all are killing me with this MVP talk. Just give it to CMC at this point. I think the problem with the, the, the award now is that it's either the QB award or it's the best QB. I feel like the, 
The goalposts keep moving. When it comes to, we always seem to add a new quarterback every single week, and it's been Dak, and then Brock, and now Lamar, and a lot of prisoner of the moment moments. So if we're going to just go strictly based off of consistency from start of the season to now, just give it to CMC, and let's be done with it. Yeah, I mean, he's got a strong case, that's for sure. <laughs> Swagoo, in the NFC right now, you got to make a pick. Are you taking the 49ers to win the conference, or are you taking the field? The San Francisco treat. Okay, listen, I'm not letting that one game against the Ravens make me forget about all of the things that I've watched the 49ers be dominant about all season long. And like I said, I think it's an aberration that you are going to have that many turnovers. This football team is not built that way. They take care of the football for the most part. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to play that bad. The injuries are my concern, my only concern. Uh, with the San Francisco 49ers, but they are the best team in the NFC consistently throughout the whole season. Well, if they keep winning, maybe we'll get to hear the rest of that song because I, I don't know exactly Do we want to hear the rest no, of that song? No, part of me does, but I'm, I'm also like, I'm mindful hear. of the audience. No, you don't want to hear Right? And, and, and what they yeah, might want. So uh, let's move along. The audience Dominique. love my vocals, Graz. Stop hating. No, it was great. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> I, I look forward to your, to your holiday album uh, next year. Neek, uh, the Niners got smoked by the Ravens. Was that a bad game or a bad sign for Brock Purdy? Yeah, I mean, it's only a bad sign if every other team in the NFC is able to acquire the talent that the Ravens have. So, yeah, they're going to be fine against most teams. Yeah, I think that that's not going to happen. The Ravens aren't going to send all their players to play in the NFC. I think that they're going to be fine against most teams. They're better than every team in the NFC. I don't see them getting in the precarious situations that the Ravens put them in. And those turnovers, while Brock, that first one, unacceptable turnover. The other three... They can be explained away a little bit and feel a little bit random and lucky. I don't imagine that he'll have another four interception game. And the crazy thing is they managed to still keep that game close and they ran the ball well. I think that's the real thing. And Spears will like to hear this point. They ran the ball well against the Ravens. If that game doesn't get out of hand, they don't turn it over as much as they do earlier, we might be looking at a different game. And as long as they can run the ball against everybody, which it seems like they can, they're going to be tough to beat, especially in uh, December and January and February. I feel like Kimberly, maybe because he was where he was drafted, like people oh, are always going to be gosh. sitting around it's, waiting for this. They are w- right, for Brock waiting for Brock Purdy. Ah, look, see, see, yeah. he stinks. And it's, it's not that. And I'm not talking about us on this set. I think in general, people are, are, are not believing that he's the reason for the season. Um, and, and, I, and for for their season, and I think when you look at Brock throughout Jesus. the season, it's he's put up some of the best statistical numbers. So when we're talking about the MVP, when we're talking about these races, how valuable he is, we're talking about the accuracy, when we're talking about his ability to throw in tight windows, yes, Sunday was a bad game in my opinion, but this is a guy who last year, getting hurt in the NFC title game against the Eagles, his teammates were devastated because they were like, with Brock Purdy and this roster, we are winning it all. And that's how the 49ers feel now. Sunday was a gut, Monday night was, was one of those gut check moments. I think they're going to be better for it, having lost to the Ravens. Now, Purdy, of course, uh, had to See, leave uh, that game okay. with an injury, but it seems thing, like he's good. Yeah, Swagu, I was about to get to you. Uh, you want to talk <laughs> about Purdy before I ask you my question? <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Like, we all have watched football, and Kate Martin is right. We, we've seen Brock Purdy play phenomenal football. There's no question about that. 
the thing that has frustrated me about this conversation when we start talking about is Brock Purdy good or is he not good? Yes, he's good. He's played well. It just blows my mind when we start bringing in these comparisons to Joe Montana. And he if he would have played against Philly, they would have won the game. We don't know that. Philly no, was don't. the best team in the NFC last year. We don't know if he would have been if if he would have stayed healthy, they would have won the game. Jalen Hurts was playing. Guess who Jalen Hurts was playing better than? Brock Purdy. That's who he was playing better than last year. So I just we like all of this stuff that we got to bring up. This team has been really, really good. He's absolutely elevated what they can do from an offensive standpoint based on the way that he's played. But now we're here. All right. We just saw Brock Purdy first opportunity against a, a real Super Bowl contender. It was a bad game, a bad performance. Do I think that's going to carry over? No. But that is absolutely something that we have to bring into the it's, equation when we start looking forward to them going win a Super Bowl. The one thing I wanted to ask you, though, Swagoo, it, it was a bad sign that their left tackle, Trent Williams, couldn't finish that game. If he has yeah. an injury that costs him time, yeah. how big a deal is that for Purdy and the rest of that team? Great question. Thank you. It's, it's the biggest deal. It's the biggest deal because we saw Jadavian Clowney start having his way late in that game Ooh. when Trent Williams was out of the game. And and it probably resulted in the fact that Brock Purdy was in, ended up on the sideline when Shanahan was like, nah, I'm not sending you back out there with right. a backup left tackle either. So the the the, the, nah, the, those the animals eating. what he what Trent Williams <laughs> Yeah, what he means to this team from a run and a protection standpoint. Because remember, this team is all about the ability to have a, a timing passing game. That's been Brock Purdy's strength. Without that, without Trent Williams, that timing does not exist. Yeah. It's based on the people that you're going to have to play. Foxy, go ahead, because I know you had to say something earlier. Yeah, no, I, I, also, I also see uh, in the Brock Purdy conversation, one thing that we have to throw in there is I noticed in that game, when he started having issues, Kyle Shanahan turtled up with his play calling. He wasn't letting Brock take yes, uh, aggressive did. shots down the field. And that says something about them. We're down. We need to make a run. And he throwing mm -hmm. screen passes to uh, Debo Samuel and trying to get check downs to Christian McCaffrey. And it, it seemed like there's something about Brock. And there's good and bad with every player and every quarterback. And they mentioned it on a telecast that he is humble and cocky. And sometimes the cocky gets in the way of his success. And I think he wants to make big plays and he wants to be the reason and he watched Lamar Jackson be the game changer and the game manager if you notice watching him in that game Lamar Jackson's making smart game management mm -hmm. decisions and then he knows when to make those big plays and that comes with experience and that's something that without being critical of Brock Purdy he's already incredibly beat the odds as Mr. Irrelevant so mm -hmm. we don't have to be like down on him he's very good but there's something even right. if you're number one overall pick some of this stuff takes time some of this maturation takes time this confidence takes time and I think he's a very good quarterback who has astronomical great numbers and a lot of those numbers that take him from good to great is the people around him including the coach and including the players and I think that's a fair assessment of what Brock Purdy is right now we'll see what he does in these big playoff games and we'll see if there's anybody in that NFC see, field Foxy, that can give you say him that? Oh. The, the same kind of test that the Ravens did Foxy, so I, you I gotta that, get to break he ain't Joe Montana so you hating Go ahead, Brad. What Foxy, Foxy said he was Joe Montana. Sorry. That was a different guy uh, sitting at this desk. I don't remember. No, I know. Oh, I'm just saying. Might have rhymed with uh, uh, Schmex Schmeyen. I don't know if that's exactly the Schmex. guy that, that it was. <laughs>
I gotta get to break. We, we got sponsors. Uh, we come back. We got Kansas Pity. What is wrong with the Chiefs? And is there any magic left in that Mahomes arm that can save the season? But first, we got sneaky trivia time for Neek. This is Sneaky Darius in for Hembo today. Which team has the most games this season with multiple turnovers by its offense? Dominique's going to think that over, and he's going to give us an answer when we come back. You know the answer. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're back on Get Up where researcher Darius is taking over the trivia question today from Hembo. And this one is for Dominique Foxworth. Which NFL team has the most games this season with multiple turnovers on offense? What do you got, Nick? All right, so I live in D.C., so I yeah. would like to say Washington, but I, that wouldn't that wouldn't be very sneaky, would it? Because it's got to no, be a team that's stinky. good that turns it over. So the, the Bills come to mind, um, but I do know very soon we're going to be talking about the Kansas City Chiefs in this segment. So I'm going to go Chiefs. I think Darius is just trying to set up the next topic. He was just one step sneakier than that because the Chiefs are second uh, with nine games, but the correct answer Ooh. is the 10 and 5 Cleveland Browns, who have turned the ball over more than once in 11 <laughs> of their games this year and actually lead the league in turnovers with 32. Chiefs are among a pack of teams tied for ninth uh, on that list, along with uh, the Bears, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Vikings. Just uh, like those three picks that uh, put it, them over the It top certainly there. did not help, but, uh, but hey, uh, it, it's working for them anyway. So we were talking, as you mentioned, about the Chiefs. And uh, really, so far, we, we're having a season that's been the worst of Patrick Mahomes' career as a starter. Ball security been a major issue. He's thrown 14 interceptions. That is a single-season career high for him. Uh, as we have mentioned once or twice on this program, his pass-catching unit hasn't really been much of an asset. They've dropped a league-high 34 passes, which, without accounting for yards after the catch, has resulted in 335 yards of potential offense lost for the Chiefs. And all of this has resulted in the usually high-scoring Kansas City offense being tamed. They have failed to score 20 points in seven games this season. Only happened six times in Mahomes' first Five years. Here's RG3 yesterday in a Santa hat. The Chiefs are the most beatable they've ever been mm. with Patrick Mahomes as yeah. their quarterback. They have to stop chasing expectations. Right now, we're so used to seeing the Chiefs there be a high-flying, explosive mm. offense. That's not their reality this year. And I watched the Chiefs on offense when they were doing some of those trick plays, guys. And I'm like... This is, you're getting way too cute, yeah. right? In order to be cute, like with the play calling, you first have to be cute on offense. Yeah. And they're not cute at all, right. right? They're putting lipstick on a pig. 
Yeah, right. You can run a whole bunch of trick plays when, you, when you're scoring 30 a game, but when you're having trouble getting to 20, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, maybe they do need to scale it down a little bit. Swagoo, what do you think? All right, everybody brace yourself because this is blasphemy when we start talking about football and, Don't and teams. Don't do it, Marcus. Don't do it, Marcus. Pat has been bad, too. Pat has been bad, too. No, I mean, we like, Raj, you brought it up. Yeah. The interceptions. The interceptions. And That's some good. of them have been so uncharacteristic. And look, you can make the excuse that he's pressing because of what's going on around him. That's a real thing. He probably is. Probably is taking more chances and trying to do more things. But this pick six, that was an awful throw. I'm talking about bad. I talked about it yeah. earlier in the year because it seems like we only talk about Josh Allen interceptions because that's the only ones that matter, right? That's what people tell me when I bring them up. Pat had bad picks against the New York Jets earlier <laughs> this year in the red area as well, even though they won the game. He had a bad pick in, uh, um, against yeah, either uh, Philly time. or Buffalo. I can't remember in the red area. So this is not just like as much as we can focus on what's bad around him. It's a lot now that's going on around him. I've talked about Andy Reid and Matt Nagy trying to trying to be more creative. We've talked about the receivers with the drops. We've talked about the offensive line protection. Yes, all of those things impact as a quarterback how you play. But Pat been throwing the ball to the other team too. And I know people, it's blasphemous to say yeah. it, and he does get a little grace because of what he's been able to do in this league. And we've seen potential game-winning touchdowns be dropped off great passes that right. he's thrown as well. So we give him a little credence for that. But Pat's been turning the football over too. Right. And you can attribute to the pressing, you can attribute it to what's going on around him, but the bottom line is he's been throwing the football to the other team, and that's been costing his team games as well. It's just been so, so good for it? so long, we expect it to, to snap out of it, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what is Marcus saying? Does Marcus think they're actually a Super Bowl contender or pretender? No, I think they're, I think they're pretenders, okay? And, and, and look, this, it hurts. It hurts, all right? Because it's not about how I feel. It's about what we've seen this team be. Y'all, we in week 17 still yeah. trying to uh, fix the same issues that started in week three. Now, if they get them fixed, it's one of the best turnarounds I've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs. They were bad earlier last year, and I think they ripped off like 10 in a row or 11 in a row, and we start, oh, okay, this is the same Chiefs. They'll be back in the Super Bowl. It ain't nobody that feel like that right now. Not a soul. And if they tell you that, that they are, they a fan and they emotional, or they just flat out lying to your face. And don't believe liars, y'all. Don't believe so, it. It's a bad it, thing. Here's where I will. I think Marcus is right from the standpoint of this does not look like the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl type of team that we're used to seeing. But this isn't about talking about feelings. This is about talking about what my eyes have shown me in the past. You talk about the grace that you give Patrick Mahomes. There's a reason he deserves grace because when everything around him seems to falter, he figures out a way. Now, this season is different. But you cannot pay me enough money in what day is this? December 27th to say the Chiefs are not a contender. I'm not going to do it because in the past people yeah. have written them off I, and we have been surprised. Travis Kelsey stood at that podium last year holding the Lombardi like y'all kind of counted us out. Mm -hmm. Like, but again, they have issues to fix. And Marcus, as we were talking, Dominique, as we were talking about earlier, this is a problem that we've seen since week one. There is reason for concern, but the, if this were any other team, I would write them off, but not with 15. What do you think, Nick? 
Yeah, um, first of all, Kimberly, if somebody's going to pay you a lot of money just to say that they're pretenders, yeah. I would suggest you just say it and take it's that check because it ain't that be. hard. No, 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 I get into it. has got to be a number that would work. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> I would also say about Patrick Mahomes, you guys are right. He's proven time and time again that he is special and we have to believe him. But we also know that the book on Patrick Mahomes in college was him pressing and turning the ball over because he didn't feel like he had the support. And we can see that happening now. We're in the NFL and we saw that Patrick Mahomes lost in that Super Bowl to the Buccaneers because he didn't have the support that he needed in that game. So there's no reason that that can't happen again. But I'm often reminded of that fumble in the Super Bowl as I'm watching this season. Now the fumble in the Super Bowl, the Jalen Hurts fumble that Bolton scored a touchdown on and was kind of the difference in that game. Mm -hmm. We'd be talking about these Chiefs a whole lot differently if it wasn't the – and talking about that Tyreek Hill trade, we have a whole different conversation if they were putting up this season now with that in, in hindsight. So I think they are – they pretty much got the Super Bowl that we didn't expect them to get last year. They certainly aren't going to get it this year. There's yeah. no answer to it, and you know how I know there's no answer to it? is by the way that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are behaving on the sideline yeah. and by the, the trick plays that they call them. These are things you do when you're like, all right, we don't know what else to do. Let's just slam stuff and yell we'll know. <laughs> Maybe this will work. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, there's no play call. The there's no design that can fix it. Swagoo, you yeah, actually were on this early. The problems you thought they were going to have uh, with their offensive tackles this year, that seems to have come to fruition, right? Ooh. It was the pre it was the preseason Graz, and I, I yeah. was so nervous about who they brought in, right? Because one, um, the name is slipping me. My man from Tampa, he just he had so many holding penalties last Donovan year, Smith. and I was like, for for a quarterback, yeah, yeah, Donovan Smith, for a quarterback that likes to extend plays, and the way this Kansas City Chiefs yeah. uh, offensive line is asked to protect their quarterback, you just holding it longer. This is what Patrick Mahomes doing. Then Jawan obviously coming over from Jacksonville. They have been a real issue and that was cuz we you know how in the offseason we we the preseason we do a lot of stuff about well what could cost a team? What right. could be one of the detriments to a team? I thought mm -hmm. it would be these offensive tackles because yeah. there is no more of a premium put on offensive tackles in the league outside of when you protect for Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Those right. are the two guys to me that if they are not, if you have question marks there because of their extension and how they like to let things develop. You know, Swagoo, you might say, you might even go so far as to say that Patrick Mahomes needs new security. Now it is time for Swagoo's revenge. We ain't worried about you, Swagoo. Let's get the security. Okay, Let's go. Y'all need all the security. Hey, man, this is the guy that you got to protect. When are you supposed what? to pick up a flip? Lord have mercy, y'all. That is a travesty. You need new security. This is absolute malpractice. Call everybody. Do you know you in a football game? You need new security. Oh, that was so much fun. That's right, it's time for Who Needs New Security with Swagoo. What do you got for us this week? Let's get it popping, guys. First, I'm going to Buffalo and the Los Angeles Chargers. My man, Easton Stick, he was introduced to uh, Ed Oliver. Mm. By the way, I got to make an apology to Ed Oliver. I have not talked about how good this dude has been all season long enough. I've talked about particular play. He has been dominating games. But 91 told Easton Stick... This is your turn. It would have been Justin Herbert, but because he didn't have security, he got hurt. Now I'm going to try to inflict the pain on you, man. Easton Stick, you need new security because Ed Oliver is doing this to everybody. Secondly, did y'all see 
Did Marcus Lawrence in the Miami game take on three blockers and almost get a tackle for loss? This is consummate you need new security. How in the hell you got three security guards guarding the door and the man still get back there to the club owner? This is Ghost. This is Ghost from, from, from the show. And he gets pummeled by DeMarcus Lawrence. He gets the legs tripped on HN, and then they get to the back and get him for a tackle for loss. Miami, you're a good football team. Don't let this happen again. Hey, you need new security running back. And last but not least, my man Christian Barmore. First of all, New England got some juice. New England won a game, y'all. And look at Christian Barmore get after Russell Wilson. Russ, you had to use your legs because your security guard had given up. He had They had given up early in this game. They were like, we are not going to protect you. We are not going to protect you. You didn't pay us enough. The direct deposit did not clear this week. So now you got to pay the price. And Christian Barmore was the beneficiary of the direct deposit not hitting in Denver. And Rush, you needed new security. That's, we'll what, that's for this week. Security that's guards just getting tossed out the club all over the place. The beautiful thing when Swagoo waxes poetic about the big man doing work up front. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk a little more Philadelphia Eagles. They're back on the winning track after Monday's victory over the Giants. But questions remain about just how good they are relative to last year. We're going to discuss that. You are watching Get Up on ESPN. We're back on Get Up, and it's time for a game of right or wrong. Dominique Foxworth, am I right or wrong if I say Tua and Tyreek are the NFL's most lethal combo? Uh, you're right. Uh, I think Tua is the most lethal combo with just about any quarterback. No, uh, Excuse me, Tyreek is the most lethal combo with just about any combo. Right. With any quarterback, no disrespect to Tua, though. He's been accurate and quick with the decision-making. But, yeah, Tua scares me more than anyone. Yeah, sorry we caught you during Tyreek. the costume you're dressing, game. Bro. Yeah, that, that was, that's our bad. We should have started with Kmart. Kmart, <laughs> right or wrong? Joe Flacco and the Browns. The Browns uh, oh, are Super yes. Bowl contenders. This is so right. Joe Flacco straight off the couch into the Super Bowl. I think they, this team actually has a legit shot. Miles Garrett, you ask him, Joe Flacco, comeback player of the year. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Andrew Berry, executive of the year. And Miles Garrett, he could be defense player of the year, too. This team is loaded. Clean awards sweep there in Cleveland. Uh, according to Kmart, Swagoo, right or wrong, Jalen Hurts has regressed this season. Wrong, wrong. And I, look, we could just go straight sheer numbers and say that he's thrown more interceptions and he's not. First of all, I think Jalen has dealt with a knee issue all season long. And second of all, this offense is not the same. They don't call plays the same. Shane Steichen, by the way, is in Indianapolis. So there has been an adjustment period. But take Jalen Hurts off this team, they probably have five wins instead of 11. So, no. Hell no. Hell no. I like that answer. With a He's hell right. no there on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I, I do think Hurts has spoiled us because we're used to seeing him progress so significantly every single year. Progress. One year, he doesn't make as big a jump, and now we're wondering if he regressed. I guess that's, that's life in a big city when you get the big contract. The Eagles are 11-4, yeah. but they haven't looked quite the same as they did last year, uh, and that's been a big topic, as you would imagine, mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. Yesterday, their head coach, Nick Sirianni, 
talked about the balance between finding joy in their wins, but also striving to meet their standard. I can promise you we're having fun uh, when we win. Uh, I know that a thousand percent. There's a difference between having fun and, and not being satisfied with what um, the product was on the field, right? The standard, not meeting the standard. Um, and so when you don't meet the standard, you're always constantly going through your mind of, um, hey, here's what we could have done better. Here's what I could have done better, right? It always starts with you looking at yourself in the mirror. It is the season of joy. I guess people are concerned that Nick's not having enough They're fun. They're not having fun. They're not having, <laughs> They're you're, you don't, you're not buying it. Just watch their faces, listen to them talk after the game. Yes, they are glad they won, but they are not happy, nor should they be, because mm. of how they are playing. Nick, what do you think? How, how, how should they be feeling about things in Philadelphia right now? Yeah, they should be feeling pretty fortunate that they've won as many games as they've won. They've been in a lot of close contests, and I think they should feel good about what they're doing headed into the playoffs. They have a battle-tested team, and that's the bright side. The fact that they haven't played incredibly well uh, on either side of the ball, frankly, but really poorly on the defensive side coming into the season is concerning. But I think that they can still beat just about everyone except for the 49ers, and that's true of just about everyone in the NFC. So they're in a good position. We'll see. If they play the 49ers, it's not impossible. They'll be the underdogs for sure. They can beat the 49ers, but they're going to need a heroic effort from that defensive line, and they haven't been uh, getting those game-changing sacks that they are accustomed to getting. Wagu, where are you on the Eagles right now? What do you need to see? I think the Eagles are, are very dangerous, and I think the 49ers would tell you that um, if, if we talked about the playoffs and if they had the meet. The defense, though, and Foxy just alluded to it. We talked about it in the first hour. The explosive plays that they give up is what gets you beat. It almost gave the Giants an opportunity to come back and win the game. And if y'all remember in that game, it was a play where Darren Waller fell down where he was yeah. behind the secondary, and that might have been, been a touchdown as well. So yeah. therein lies the issue. You get Morrow back. Dan talked about this yesterday on NFL Live. You get Morrow back and you get Darius Slate back, which should help in the secondary. The problem is they was giving up explosive plays when they were back there. Mm. So they just got to get that figured yep. out, man. And a lot of it was mass last year because of the pass rush and how successful it was up front. Well, you know what they do in the NFL, Graz, Kmart, and Foxy? When, they, when you show them that you're really good at something, everybody tries to stop it or mm -hmm. everybody tries to create opportunities to have success. So the Eagles are now, Smart. after going to a Super Bowl, they have met a schedule of people that say, hey, this is what they do great. This is what <laughs> they don't do great. Let's try to exploit those things. And people have been able to take advantage of that, especially defensively this year. Can they get it fixed? I don't know. Do they have the people, though? Yes, they do. Mm. Kimberly, yeah. what about the Jalen Hurts question we were talking about earlier? Like, I mean, he, the turnovers are an issue. They weren't last year. Like, what, what are we seeing with him? How concerned are we? If you're asking me, has he regressed? The answer, Daniel, is hell no. No, I already that got how, that, that one. How Mark yeah, I think that was right. No, um, okay, Mark. I, I, I think it's true. No, I, I, Jalen didn't suddenly forget how to play quarterback. I think, again, the turnovers are alarming. I do not think this guy is healthy. That is also a concern. How they're calling plays, how, how much we are seeing him run the football. I was encouraged a couple of games ago, the first play of the game, he takes off scampering for 18 yards. And you think, okay, this is going to be good. All right, they're back. But this is a team that's been up and down. 
within the course of four quarters mm -hmm. where they look like they're on point the the passes to AJ Brown ooh pretty over over a defender in that tight window this is great and then you see them struggle at times I think consistency for me they have the pieces mm -hmm. um, I, I just don't know a lot of yeah. concerns for the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year because yeah. they are just not the same you know what I would do if I had a quarterback I wasn't sure was healthy? I'd, I'd keep running a play where 21 other dudes lay on top of him uh, so you can get one yard. I, I don't know if that's the, the best idea. Neek, put a button on this Eagles discussion for us. How worried are we about the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, we're worried because uh, they haven't separated themselves from everyone else. But they have this weird thing where it seems like they play really well in some really high leverage situations. But when the pressure's not on, they are not as consistent as you want them to be. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts has had a rough season for his standards. And he's had, as we mentioned a couple times now, the issue with his knee. He feel like he had the flu or something last week. It's been yeah. a difficult season. And to be 11-3 mm -hmm. at this point with mm -hmm. uh, some athletes coming back on defense and adding Bayard and adding uh, Shaq Leonard. They and they still have all those great players on that defensive line. They have the pieces and they have the experience. So they should be more optimistic than just about anyone in the NFC right now. Yeah, one team in the NFC that has the most recent experience of knowing how to get to the Super Bowl. And speaking of bowls, Hmm. Bowl Mania rolls on today on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. First at 2 Eastern, we got Virginia Tech taking on Tulane in the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Then it's North Carolina and West Virginia in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And in the nightcap, Texas A&M squares off against number 20 Oklahoma State in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. We got a little more to do here, but when we're done, first take is coming up next. Can Dak and Dallas win a road playoff game? Plus, which team will have more wins this season? The Pistons or the Lions? I like that one. It's a Mad Dog Wednesday. It's a Kimberly Martin Wednesday on First Take at the top of the hour. Get Up is brought to you by Letterkenny. Final season now streaming only on Hulu. Take a look at our upcoming featured football lineup. Saturday afternoon, Georgia squares off against Florida State in the Capital One Orange Bowl. Saturday night, the Lions take on the Cowboys in a huge NFC matchup. And on New Year's Day, the playoff semifinals begin at 5 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. What a way to close out 2023 and ring in 2024. Speaking of bowls, the Pop-Tarts Bowl unveiled its new trophy, and uh, as you would expect, Dominique Foxworth, it has Pop-Tarts in it. Uh, what do we think of this trophy, and what is your favorite Pop-Tart flavor? Uh, I'm not a big Pop-Tarts guy. I mean, yeah. the trophy is okay, I guess. I mean, I... I'm old, so it's not cool to me. I got on a cardigan, so if you want to know what's dope, you don't want to ask a 40-year-old man in a cardigan. So uh, it's not dope to me. Favorite flavor? I don't know. Cinnamon sugar? Cinnamon sugar is a good call. Strawberry can't beat. Uh, yeah, Pop-Tarts Bowl. You win the Pop-Tarts Bowl, you get to eat the trophy. Uh, we're back on Get Up tomorrow. Thanks for watching. First takes. Good next. job hosting today. Great.